With less than a week to go until football, this is a time for optimism, but how much of it do I actually believe? Plus a big-time basketball visitor for Dennis Gates this weekend, so let's talk about it all right now. I'm Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. And speaking of purchasing, how much how much are we going to purchase in terms of all the glowing reports coming out of fall camp, right? And I say that somewhat sarcastically because it seems to be how it always is. This time of year, everybody's in the best shape. Yes, the offensive line's better, the defense is better, everything's better. And at this point, especially these days, we really have to trust the coaches in particular, and and the, the veteran players that are they get to talk to the media a little bit too because obviously the media at this point has very limited observations. The erstwhile Dave Matter, well, he used to have a ton of access, would give us massive practice reports back in the Gary Pinkle era of the Big 12, but ever since the move to the SEC, we just haven't gotten that kind of access whatsoever. So it's a different world for sure. So now what we hear, what do you believe? That's the question, because we haven't heard a lot of negatives coming out of fall camp. Well, considering how tightly controlled the narratives coming out of camp are, why would you hear any negativity? Really, the biggest positive coming out of camp is it seems like Injury-wise, Missouri's in really good shape. I think that's the biggest takeaway. But certainly what Missouri wants you to believe is that, number one, the quarterback and offensive line are going to be improved this season. Heck, we're better at quarterback one way or the other. Whether it's going to be Cook, whether it's going to be Horn, that's the likely competition here. We're going to see both guys in the first game, according to Eli Drinkwitz. But how do we really know that? Again, we're watching guys practice against air, and really, how do the coaches even know it? Until the quarterbacks are actually allowed to be hit. Patrick Mahomes famously wants to take a hit in his first preseason game if he can. Just get it out of the way, essentially. Until you really allow those guys to see the live bullets, if you will, I don't think you actually know what you have at that position, especially if it is truly a close competition like it sounds. I think we're going to learn a lot in these first couple ball games. I really do. And certainly that's the truth at the offensive line position as well, because of course Missouri's going to say they're better on the offensive line. Of course they're going to say that Connor, Connor Tolleson, who, who took a lot of grief last year from Missouri fans at the center position, is a much improved player. Now, is that actually true, though? We, we Again, we just have to take their word for it. I tend to believe that he's better. I, I'm sure that he's better. I'm sure that all of these guys have improved in the offseason. Again, a healthy offseason, a year to, to recoup in Brady Cook's case. But 
I just have to see it to believe it with the offensive line, particularly week three against Kansas State, against SEC competition. When you get there, I just want to see it. I'm not just taking the coach's word for it at this point. I wish I could, but I really got to see it to believe it. Another key variable on this Missouri team, of course, is the defensive end position. And so far, what have we heard about the defensive end position? Well, frankly, not much. And I'm not really sure what to make of that position yet either. Again, I hate to be a broken record, but I need to see it on the field. And finally, maybe the biggest variable of all is Kirby Moore. I don't think we can just assume that Missouri's offense is going to be better run this season with more, but also what kind of offense are we going to see? We haven't seen a a spring practice, even a spring game, I should say. The traditional black and gold game, well, that was inside this this past spring. So honestly, not to get off on a total rant here, but there are a lot of great things about modern sports and modern college football. But one thing I, I miss a little bit about maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, certainly in the 90s, you go back that far, I just think that almost every sport in the last few years has become much more homogenized. Look at baseball, the three true outcomes. Everybody seems to want to hit home runs and you know strikeouts be damned, that kind of thing. Basketball, you look at the NBA, everybody wants to play like the Golden State Warriors now, spread you out with five guys and shoot a ton of three-pointers. Well, college football these days has become a lot more homogenized than it used to be. I think you're going to see some version, obviously, of a spread offense, essentially. A quarterback in the shotgun most of the time, throwing the ball to, there's certainly going to be at least one slot receiver in every single formation, almost without fail. I mean, really, back in the day, you used to see lots of spread option type offenses, I-formation, power type games. It's just become a lot more homogenized these days, for better or worse. Sometimes I miss the variety, I have to admit. But again, it doesn't really matter how special Kirby Moore's offense is. It doesn't matter how unique it is. I don't need a lot of insane fancy concepts. If inside zone is getting seven yards a carry, well, fine and dandy. Let's stick with it. But obviously, regardless, I think almost even more so than quarterback and offensive line, I'm really curious to see in week one what this Kirby Moore offense looks like. And coming up on the day Missouri releases its final basketball schedule for this upcoming season, well, Dennis Gates has reportedly a big-time visitor on campus this weekend as well. So let's talk some hoops coming up right after I want to tell you about game time because you know what? Game time, here's what's great about it. When you're looking for tickets, there's no reason to be stressed out at the last minute. Game time, though, if you're like me, it helps you when you procrastinate. A lot of times, I'll be honest, I'm probably going to go to the Missouri-Memphis game, and I'm probably going to wait till the last second to buy my tickets. So if you're like me, and maybe you're going to go to the St. Louis Cardinals game tonight, heck, pull up the app right now, and you can find great tickets in the 100 level for just $7 before fees. So how can you do any better than that? It's There's a reason that game time is the fastest-growing ticket 
ticketing app in the country. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy in just a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're all set. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. The two-part Ultimate College Football Preview is live on Locked On SEC. By the way, you can find me on those episodes rather briefly. I'll be honest with you. They didn't have a ton to talk about with me. But if you want to hear the rest of the conference, it's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, that's the Ultimate College Football Preview live on the Locked On SEC feed, and well, maybe it was on my feed earlier this week too. I'll be honest, I can't remember, so definitely check out the Locked On SEC feed for that. But of course, I want to talk a little basketball here. Again, the day I want to talk about Missouri's basketball schedule, which was finalized today, but probably even bigger news has nothing to do with this season. Coming up, of course, this 2024 basketball class looking very strong with the potential to get even stronger if Anor Botang from Little Rock, Arkansas, if he becomes a Tiger, my goodness, what a get for Dennis Gates and company. A guy who's going to be a borderline McDonald's All-American type player, I would say. His official visit reportedly starting today, and he'll take a little uh, three-day weekend excuse me, here in Columbia going through a Sunday. So the Tigers with a real, real shot here at, at an unusual event of, of, of prying a, a top Arkansas player away from the Razorbacks that usually doesn't happen especially for Mizzou if the Tigers could do that just yet another indication of the job that Dennis Gates and his staff are doing in terms of recruiting so I don't know keep your fingers crossed who knows it's not out of the question that Botang could actually commit after this visit I don't anticipate that happening he's got a visit lined up with Indiana I believe is his final official visit that he's got lined up again all indications are this is an Arkansas and Missouri race but you can't completely discount Indiana in that either but if you look at the Missouri basketball schedule you know what? It's going to be a little bit more interesting early on than it was last season. That's for sure. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun watching that team early on because they were much better than we expected. Well, obviously this team in Dennis Gates' second season going to be a higher level of expectations here, and I think the schedule is reflecting that. I think it's reflecting it quite well. In fact, the second game for Missouri this season going to be against the Memphis Tigers, who were a borderline top 25, I would say, caliber team, ranked 20th if you look at the Ken Palm rankings. So this will definitely be a challenge. I think Penny Hardaway's team maybe got a little bit forgotten last year, how good they really were, since obviously, well, Houston was the real dominant team in their conference that year, but also well, the Memphis Tigers were knocked out in the first round by Florida Atlantic, who had that long run in the tournament. So they got a little bit forgotten there, but I certainly didn't forget that Penny Hardaway is really starting to put down a good program there in Memphis. So Arkansas Pine Bluff, your first game at Mizzou Arena, 
on a Monday, November 6th. But that Friday, again, Penny Hardaway and company coming to town. Then SIU Edwardsville the next week, followed by a game at Minnesota. So week four, Missouri already taking a road trip to a Power 5 opponent. I shouldn't say week four. I'm in football mode right now. Game four. You know what I'm talking about. But at Minnesota, again, a power five opponent, but a pretty weak one. The Golden Gophers were, frankly, terrible last season, ranked about 200th or so in the Ken Palm ranking. So, yeah, that's Kim Anderson territory, just so you have an idea. Then the next three games for Missouri's pretty easy ones, Jackson State, South Carolina State, and Loyola, Maryland at home, and then Missouri travels to Pittsburgh as part of the ACC-SEC challenge, and now, basically after that, it's all pretty much interesting games from here on out. Once you hit that Pittsburgh game there late December, excuse me, late November, the rest of December, a bunch of interesting games for sure, but a really long period of no home games from December 3rd against Wichita State The Tigers play the Shockers. Well, they won't play at Mizzou Arena again until December 30th. So about, what, 27 days there without a home game for the Tigers? That's pretty unusual. In between there, you've, of course, got the Kansas game in Lawrence, Seton Hall in KC, Illinois in St. Louis, before rounding out the non-conference schedule with Central Arkansas on December 30th. So there you go. There's your non-conference schedule. And I think it's got a great balance of interesting games of, again, a power five on the road, a, a, a high major high type team. And I shouldn't say power five. Again, I'm in football mode, but a high major type team in Memphis as well. I think this is kind of the perfect schedule for year two of Dennis Gates basketball in Columbia. And back to the football field here, just for a little bit here to finish out the show. And I got to say, one thing I've been surprised about, I see some people on the Missouri beat saying that Tyron Hopper is probably the best defender on the team. I'm not really sure where this narrative got started, but I definitely like Tyron Hopper as a player. Don't get me wrong, but I got another choice for the best defensive player on the Tigers. I want to tell you who that is right after these quick words. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I love me some Tyron Hopper. The guy's a really, really excellent player. He might be an NFL player. Wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. But I think to call him probably the best defender on the team, I think is missing the point and the bigger picture a little bit. First of all, I just don't see how anybody, when you go back and look at Chris Abrams' drains stats, Last season, his QBR against was like 14 or something. Listen, I'm not the biggest QBR guy on the face of the planet, but just to give you some context there, I mean, 14 is a number that just does not happen from like an actual season from a quarterback. That would be like literally me being out there playing quarterback after three snappers or something like that. That That's how bad you would have to be to actually do a 14 for an entire season, but that's who... That's who Chris Abrams' drain turned SEC quarterbacks into when they threw his way. Didn't miss a tackle all year either. I I just don't see how you can be better than that. And as I've said before, frankly, I just think having a shutdown cornerback 
is always going to be more important than having an excellent middle linebacker. Again, no matter how good that player is, I just think that's a more valuable position. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe those of you who are defensive coordinators, coaches out there will disagree with me there. That's just my feeling. But again, speaking of that Missouri secondary, one guy I probably haven't talked enough about is Joseph Charleston. And I got to be honest, I didn't realize how versatile of a player he was last season, according to Power Mizzou. The former Clemson player had 300 snaps as a slot corner last year, over 200 as a free safety, and over 100 in the box as a strong safety as well. So really interesting note there. I, I wasn't a, I thought he was mostly playing free, but again, I, obviously not. I think, well, I guess mostly he was in the slot as a corner even, not even technically a safety for probably half of his snaps last year. Well, Tigers apparently, all, this also from Power Mizzou, believe that Sidney Williams will have a, a similar backup, as Char, a similar role, I should say, as Charleston and will be serving as his main backup. Now, speaking of Chris Abrams' drain, this actually reminded me of something. Chris was asked about whether he would want money to be a participant, have his name and image and likeness in the upcoming NCAA college football video game, a game that's been, well, gone from the market for over a decade or so because of, well, concerns for name, image, and likeness. Basically, there was a whole lawsuit Ed O'Bannon, former UCLA basketball player, sort of spearheaded the thing, yada, yada, yada. The bottom line is the game is now coming back. A lot of people are excited about that. And reportedly, EA Sports is offering, basically, if you want to opt into the game, hey, here's $500, which obviously not a life-changing amount of money or anything, Interestingly enough, $500, that's pretty much what it'll cost you to buy a PlayStation 5 in order to play as yourself on the game. So maybe not a coincidence. I don't know. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here. But quite frankly, as a fan of this game in the past, as somebody who still does some sports gaming occasionally these days, I have some insight here. And I'll just tell you, I'm mostly excited about seeing the Missouri uniforms, and Faro Field rendered on that beautiful PlayStation 5. As long as the fight song is in there, as long as the stadium looks good, as long as I can mix and match all my different helmets and uniforms from over the years and do some true project run play on my own in the video game, well, I'm frankly happy. And don't get me wrong, if I get Chris Abrams' drain's face and name in there, Great. Fantastic. That's even better. But really, I, I'm pretty satiated with everything else I described, even leading up to having real names and faces in the game. So what I'm trying to say is most of those guys, you know, most of these NCAA football players, they're kind of interchangeable. I hate to say it. You know, after after it's been a few years, name me like the starting lineup of the 2016 Missouri Tigers, for instance. It's probably going to take most of you a minute to think about all 22 of those guys, obviously. So again, what's most important? The actual traditions of college football, as long as Truman the Tiger is rendered in there, we're going to be good to go, that type of thing. So my advice to most of these players, and I think Chris Abrams' drain kind of gets it is one reason why I brought him up. He's saying, I, I don't really need the money. I think it would just be cool to see myself in the game. 
that type of deal. Probably a dream come true for a lot of these kids. So many of them are gamers, by the way, myself included, as I already said. So if I were giving any of these guys advice, I would say just take the money, take the 500 bucks, because really it's just kind of a free found money there. It's not as though any other players in the past have gotten this money. Now, if you're Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy favorite for USC, former OU quarterback, you know, I could see why he would maybe hold out and say, EA, hey, come on, how about how about 50 grand here? Something like that. I'm I'm worth more than five hundred dollars. He's the exception though, and not the rule. I think most USC fans, again, would probably be happy with just hearing the fight on music and, and be done with it and see those those classic uniforms. And I think they'll be good to go. But you know what? Am I wrong? Is it really that important to see the, the real faces and the real names in there when you can actually just edit? You can manually edit your own team anyway, download rosters, trade them through the mail. <laughs> That's old school. You can probably just upload them and download them on the new game, I would assume. But there could be some legal snafus involving that as well. Who knows? We'll just have to see. But again, I like Chris Abram Drain, Abrams Drain's attitude about the whole thing. He's just saying he wants to be in the game. That'd be good enough for him. Well, I'd take the 500 bucks too. That's my advice. But other than that, I think his attitude is right on the money. And thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. And for you, every day is coming up on Monday. Of course, it's game week. Going to have all your updates. We should be getting a depth chart, maybe an injury report. See how Chad Bailey is doing with his injury. Everything that comes at us. Well, I'll be here to talk about it right here on Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.